Thank you for listening to the Caleb Hires Podcast. I'm here to help you win the war for love. If you're new here, subscribe or check out my website, calebhires.com, for more resources. Today's podcast is part two of my conversation with Michael Lombardo about breaking out of religiosity. In this part, we talk about more practical ways to behold the Lord and to get rid of those things that hold us back that maybe we have thought were super spiritual, but they weren't. Check it out. You're going to enjoy it. Dude, when it comes to practicals, when it comes to practicals, like the Word of God, okay? Like memorizing the Bible is like ancient. It's like an ancient practice. I grew up in the Word of Faith movement. I'm glad. I don't I don't ascribe to every theological, you know, stance of the Word of Faith movement. But when I would read Kenneth Hagin or I'd read these different people, it would be like, memorize the word, speak the word, you know, believe the word, sing the word, walk the word, like it was the word, the word, yeah. the word. And it caused me in my foundational years as a believer to take core scriptures that I wanted to become, that I wanted to walk in, to, mm-hmm. to take them, memorize them and have them on my lips. And so I yeah. believe it's transformative. Number one, if a believer is struggling with understanding their identity, with shame because of sin, with sin struggles, sin habits, um, a believer struggling with experiencing the presence of God, experiencing the nearness of God, whatever the situation may be, we need a scripture to combat that because we're transformed yes. by the renewing of the mind. I'll say it again. And so instead of praying prayers like God be with them today, he's going to be with them today. That's just right. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And so instead of praying God be with them today, what I would pray is, Lord, you are Emmanuel, God with them. You surround them. You are on the inside of them. You are Christ in them, the hope of glory. So manifest your presence in them today, God. Surround them. Lord, your word says you're a wall of fire around them and the glory in the midst. And so now I'm praying the word of God. And because I put word on the inside of me, I could now pull out in in due moment out of the treasures of my heart, the word over someone's life, over my life. I speak it over myself. And so I think that, you know, a lot of this, if we just get a grounding in the word of God, and I would say, whatever the struggle, whatever the lie may be, if we just get a truth that we get attached to it, then over time, man, we begin to, you know, these different lies begin to break off of us. So good. It's it's two parts, right? Like you can't just disagree with the lie. You have to replace it with the truth. That's it. Right. And it's kind of what Jesus said when he said when an evil spirit, foul spirit is delivered from a man, the house is made clean and is cast out. Mm-hmm. But if that room stays empty. It comes back and brings seven more just like it. And it's worse off the second time than it is the first. Yeah. So maybe yeah. some people listening or watching, they, they're literally going, man, I used to battle with that lie. All right. I got done battling with that lie, but now it's even worse. Well, it's because you didn't replace it with the truth. You can't just disagree with a lie. You have to replace it with the truth. Yeah. And the word of God is true. And so I also have that background. Like my parents, they um, would put the... Uh, uh, scriptures like above the toilet because we're four boys in our house so we're standing there <laughs> yeah. you know, and there it is and it was a kind word turns away wrath a, mm-hmm. a harsh word serves up anger but a kind word turns away wrath and that mm-hmm. was i know that scripture because it was on above the toilet yeah. you know what i mean yeah. like in front of me every day mm-hmm. so i mean it was it that that's one way but also just memorizing scripture putting to memory the word of god praying the word of god mm-hmm. and taking that into a practical thing and i think one thing and maybe you can speak to this as well one thing is that even when we're praying, I think, and this one's going to be a little touchy, so everybody stick in with me for a second. Even when we're praying prayers out of the Old Testament, we need to be careful that we're not praying from the wrong paradigm. Mm-hmm. Like when David said, uh, you know, who can ascend the hill of the Lord? Then with a clean hands and a pure heart. 
I hear people pray, give me, Lord, clean hands and a pure heart. And I'm like, wait a minute. He did. <laughs> the Bible says lift right. holy hands to the Lord. That's How do you do that? Hands. How do you do that if they aren't already holy? Are you mm -hmm. going to make them holy? Again, this is the old covenant paradigm, mm -hmm. new covenant. I think about um, the poor guy, uh, Uzzah, who touched the outside of the ark mm -hmm. just to steady it from falling off the cart and drops dead mm -hmm. because sinful flesh can't touch the glory mm -hmm. of God. Mm -hmm. So how did the Holy Spirit that was in that box get in your box and you still breathe? Yeah. How did that happen? Yeah. You must have been made a vessel for holy use without your permission, without your knowing, without your contribution, right? Like you said, the new covenant is a covenant between God and God, not God <sighs> and man. It's so important. It's so important. So when we're praying things like that, you know, instead of saying, oh, Lord, give me clean hands and pure so that I might ascend your hill. I would pray something like, oh, Jesus, I glory in the fact that because of what you've done, you have made my hands clean. You've given me a new heart and I am on your holy hill with you. That's I'm not it, ascending. It. You descended and took no. me to the top of your holy hill in your marriage carriage. Song of Solomon says, yes. who is this one? Who is this one? Right. And he mm -hmm. takes us up the mountain and seats us with him in heavenly places. Ephesians 2, 6 through 7. Like, how did you sit down at the right hand of God in Christ if you still are a wretched, dirty sinner who's separated from him? How are you in him if you're separated from him? Like, really? Just explain it to me. Explain it to me like I'm a five-year-old because I don't get it. All right. It's so important. And when we're praying, I think praying the scriptures, yes. you're saying we need to pray the scriptures. You're saying that, but we need to make a distinction. Pray the scriptures from a new covenant paradigm and understanding. That's really good. Or you man. might hem yourself in and keep yourself from an encounter. Mm -hmm. And that could be a religious norm, right? Oh, for sure. What about, what about Isaiah? Yeah. It says, rend the heavens and come down. I hear oh. that. I hear that prayed all the time. Rend the heavens and come down. Like and I'm not, bro, I'm not shaming anyone who's prayed that prayer. I've prayed a lot of religious prayers. I've prayed. A, I've, trust me, we've all been there. Okay. And the heart of movements, there's so many beautiful movements out there that just, you know, have different beliefs and different paradigms. Okay. So I'm not even, if someone's thinking of a movement now, I'm not shaming that specific movement, yeah. but what I'm saying is rent the heavens and come down. He did that in his incarnation. He rent the heavens and he came down. And not only that, when he ascended in like manner, he busted through the heavens to make sure the heavens remain open and he's going to be coming back again as well. And so the heavens are open as a believer the heavens are open. And so that is also something where it's like, we need to pray to open the heavens or God give us an open heaven or whatever it may be. He gave you an open heaven. You, you are a portal to glory. You are seated with Christ in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. How much closer do you need to get besides in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus? Your spirit is in heaven with the Lord and also in your body. You're in face-to-face -face communion with the Lord, whether you believe it or not, whether you feel it or not, whether you're experiencing it or not. That is a reality. And here's the deal. It's feelings. Feelings are feelings are huge. Somebody said to me a while ago, maybe four or five years ago, they said, Michael, I see that you love the presence of God and I see all this stuff, but how do you get into the presence of God? And I thought about it for a second. I looked at him. I'm like, that's a, I don't like that question. I remember it being like, bro, I get into the presence of God by believing I'm already in the presence of God. My access oh. is by believing I have access through Christ. And so, yes, omnipresence he fills me whether i feel him or not and when i believe in that reality then boom there's a manifestation and experience of his presence but we get caught up on our feelings like if we would truly just believe that he's christ in us the hope of glory that he's the that he's emmanuel god with us that he never leaves us 
nor forsakes us, that we have an open heaven because of the finished work of Christ, that our sin is as far as the east is from the west, that he dunked our sin in the sea of forgetfulness, that blessed is the man whose sins will never be taken into account. It's just scripture and scripture and scripture. Yes. If we could just Come make on. that our foundation and we could believe that and meditate on that and mutter that and speak that over our lives. Hey, listen, there will be a little bit, a bit of a process in the renewing of the mind, but there comes a breakthrough where it becomes our normative thought process, how we think, how we live our lives. And I'm telling you, if we don't feel the goosebumps, that's fine. You don't need to feel, feel the goosebumps. It's reality, whether you feel it or not. And if you ingrain that into your soul, faith becomes the access by which you unlock the treasury of heaven. All the things that are already realities, we begin to experience them and taste them by faith. Come on, dude. So good. You said it and uh, it was put in the chat. I get into the presence of God by believing I'm in the presence of God. Mm -hmm. That is the truth. It's John 6, I believe it's verse 29. It says, the work of God is to believe. That's it. Man. And the one whom he has sent. Oh, so the only yes. legal works in the kingdom are faith. Mm -hmm. Works is mm -hmm. faith. Faith and works work together because the only work that is legal is faith. That's it, man. That's People it. like faith and works. I'm like, they're the same thing. <laughs> I James says, I'll show you my faith by my works. Mm-hmm. And my mm -hmm. works are proven, or my faith is proven by my mm -hmm. works, and back yeah. and forth. And it's like, yeah. you're, the only legal work in the kingdom is faith. Mm -hmm. And if you have faith, you're going to do stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, faith hits your feet. That's faith it. actually will hit your feet and make you do something, okay? Mm -hmm. It's not just a conscious knowing. So I love that. And I'm going to tell a story real quick Go. from my buddy Jim Baker in Ohio. Do you know Jim? He's not, I, I think I saw him on the show before. Oh, you need to know yeah. Jim. I need to connect you too. He is just... He's a he's a walking, talking one-liner encyclopedia of Revelation Bomb. Nice. He is. It's like every word. Anyway, he told this story once at our church when he came and spoke. And he said there's a guy in his congregation when they were really going after healing and really going after it full bore. Like he had a um he had some health problems and things like that. So he's always at the doctor and stuff, but he just believed for others, you know, and he got prescribed. He's all these different prescriptions and stuff, but he's got his own prescriptions, his own stuff. And I'm kind of butchering the backstory here, but the yep. next part I know for sure. But something happened where his prescription changes and all that stuff with his own situation. But he, in that moment, felt like, you know what? I'm not doing, I'm not feeling well, but I'm going to, I'm going to go after this healing thing. So he started like getting up and started mm -hmm. like releasing healing and blessing people and declaring healing and like, you know, praying for people to be healed and, yeah. you know, all that stuff and just commanding bodies to be healed. And as he started to do that, his, he started feeling like all for the first time or, uh, one of the very first times in his life, he's feeling like the Holy Ghost goosebumps. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, like when you feel spiritual, mm -hmm. when like, because that doesn't always happen. I love what you're saying. Like, <laughs> ninety percent of the time, I do not feel anything. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. I'm just faith in it, not fake in it. Mm -hmm. All right, yeah. I believe it's true because the Word of God says it's true, whether mm -hmm. I feel it or not. Right, but he starts feeling stuff, and it's like his hands are tingling. He's like getting that Holy Ghost tingle, which is just kind of one way to say it. It's like a sure. some people say like lightning or electricity or yeah. heat oh, yeah. legs start tingling all stuff and it's like and people really start getting healed miracles start breaking out and it's crazy so a couple of days later another meeting same thing and he starts to feel that thing. he gets up and starts to everybody gets getting healed same thing next time he, he gets like his legs are like feeling it his answer everybody gets healed and he goes to his doctor and all stuff and his doctor he tells him what's been happening at church and his doctor says you know, that's actually um, a reaction to that medication I gave you. It's not safe. We need to stop giving this medication. Mm. You're describing a side effect of this medication. Wow. Your arms and legs should not be feeling like that. That's dangerous. You could like lose your balance. And sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not good. 
So the guy's like, wait a minute. And he goes to Jim and, and to the Lord. He goes to the Lord. He's like, what's going on? I was feeling you. And all of a sudden he's like, no, that was the side effect of the medication. You just believed me because you had a feeling. <laughs> it was the first time you believed wow. me. <laughs> you've And he said, God said to him, you've always been anointed. This is just the first time you believed it. Mm. And you believed it because of a side effect of the medication. <laughs> That's wild. That's wild. I know, but God used it to say, hey, look, sure. it's actually not the goosebump. It's actually not the thing. That can be a religious norm. Like mm. I've heard ministers, I love them. And again, if you're thinking, I love what you said earlier, Michael. Mm. If anyone watching right now is thinking about a certain minister or a certain ministry, we're not in your head. So I promise you, we're not talking about those people because mm -hmm. who knows who, who's in your head? I'm not, we're yeah. not talking about the same. So we're not thinking of individual people. We're not, yeah. whatever. But I have heard it. I've heard it. Things say like, okay, if you're experiencing God, calm down. And we're going to, if you're feeling it mm -hmm. then calm down yeah. and we're going to pray for you, they start there. And I understand it. But what, what if we moved into a new level of maturity and just said, God is who he said he is. Yeah. Christ in you is the hope of glory, not Christ in heaven, not Christ in the rapture, not Christ in the second coming, but Christ in you is the only hope of glory we've got. And if you just believed it, you did that work, I bet you would see it. I bet oh, yeah. things would manifest around you. That is the way it works, isn't it? Oh, dude, absolutely. And it's it's interesting, you know, because we, we could be, especially in the charismatic world, um, people that pursue the gifts and believe in the gifts and want the yeah. manifest presence, want the glory of God, you know, uh, we could be very hung up on feelings, you know. <laughs> and instead of being so inwardly focused, like, oh, man, I don't feel God. What's wrong with me? And you start being like this, like, introspective, like, what is happening, blah, blah, blah. You just need to look to him. Just keep your yes. eyes on him, locked on him. When we behold him, we become just like him. It's just, mm. he's the author and finisher of our faith. That's how our faith grows by just beholding Jesus. And so, but yeah, man, that's, I, I, I love that, man, because, hey, listen, I love when the power of God hits. I love when the presence of God is so thick that you fall over. Like you were telling me about baptisms, how you got rocked and yes. you could hardly stand up and you couldn't get out of the baptismal tank like that. Like the other day we did a gathering at our house and the glory was so thick. The spirit of prophecy mm. began to flow and people were all over and just God was like, you know, prophetic utterances during worship and all this amazing stuff. And it's just like, man, I love those moments. But just because yeah. we're not having, you know, sensory experiences with the presence of God or not having dreams or seeing a vision this week, if maybe you're a seer or whatever it may be, doesn't mean that God's displeased with you, that God's turned his heart from you, that God's not near, that God's not close. I'm telling you, if we could just ground ourselves in the gospel and we could feast on the word of God, we need to have a marriage of the word and spirit. I love yes. the spirit of God. I love encountering Jesus. I love getting the, the, you know, the tingles or feeling his love in a tangible way. I'm all for it, but we need to be grounded in the word of God. I am dead to sin, yes. whether I feel it or not. I am in his love, whether I feel it or not. You know, he is closer. Like his nearness is my good. He's Emmanuel, God with me, whether I feel it or not. That he's behind me, he goes before me, he's behind me. His mercy and goodness will follow me all the days of my life, whether I feel it or not. Like that is my confession. And it's beautiful because when our heart aligns with that in faith, experience does come. Experience yeah. does come. And so oh, it's just so good. Can you, can you just a little bit more? Um, because there are, we do have a, um, mm -hmm. a really good, uh, base. My my base is very charismatic, but there's also some that might not even know what you mean by beholding the Lord. Like there are some, can you just kind of give some practical language and, and ways, how do you do that? Right. So like I could say, uh, this is how I do that, but like, 
how would you encourage someone who's ne- like, okay, you're telling me I just need to behold the Lord. H- how? How do I do that? What do I do? I put my hands a certain way. Do I close my <laughs> eyes? Is it that? Is it? Is it reading the Bible? Is it all of it? What are some like first steps for those? I just felt this in my heart to, to sure. like clarify. Man. What are some first steps for someone who maybe has never done that, yeah. or maybe they haven't done it in a while, or it's become stale for them in some way? How would you say they could step into that in a new way? Yeah, I think that first of all, we need time devoted to Him. Good. My marriage thrives because I have dedicated time to my wife. I can enjoy my wife around kids, around friends, around family, but we need to have that dedicated time. So. I'm just going to give little steps, little steps, little steps. And I'm not saying this is a formula. You have to do it exactly like this. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying we need to have that dedicated time, especially if we don't have that, because we could behold the Lord throughout the day. We can encounter him, hear from him throughout the day, but we need to learn how to do that in private. You know, that's how we learn. We spend time at the feet of our teacher and that's how we, that's how we learn. And so, um, and so anyways, sorry, someone's pulling up to the house. I think they might be coming in. But anyways, okay. so, You're good. but, um, and so, yeah, we have that time carved with him. And for me, it's hard to get my mind off of life and get all, you know, off of my feelings or what's happening or the day's responsibilities or whatever it may be. And so a lot of times the Bible says we approach him with thanksgiving and praise how we enter his courts. And so for me, a way to get my mind off of my life, off my responsibilities, off of my day is to just start with worship and praise. I just go, mm. Jesus, thank you for who you are. Thank you for your loving kindness. I may speak the word, but I get my eyes off of myself, off of my circumstances, off of my day, and I just worship him and I glorify him. And that just gets my eyes on him. I might not be seeing a vision of his face or anything like that, but I'm getting my mind on him. And then from that place, it's beautiful because a lot of times there is a sweet presence of the Lord or maybe just a peace that comes when you're, uh, when you're just, you know, just kind of caught up in him. And then I, then I crack open my Bible personally. I, mm. Then I crack open my Bible because my heart's already in a very open place where I could hear from God. My, my heart is now like fertile soil in that place. And now I'm reading the word and I'm just saying, God, like reveal to me revelation, wisdom or revelation from your word. And then the word is another mm-hmm. way that we behold God. It's the truth. It's who he is. He is the truth, mm. the way, the truth, and the life. And so as I'm, be, as I'm taking in the word and I'm focusing on the word and I'm dissecting it and I'm chewing it, I'm beholding him in that way. And if we learn to hear from him in the secret place, it'll also, um, we'll also learn how to hear from him in that public space as well. It's just, That's as, I'm, as I'm discerning his voice in the secret place, now I'm going out throughout my day and I can just lock in, just close my eyes for a minute. Just, Jesus, what are you saying about this person? Or just in my heart, what are you saying? And boom, I'm yeah. more inclined to hear from him because I've discerned his voice in private. And then also listening prayer is huge. Just honestly, just yes. being quiet before the Lord. Talk about that. Talk about that. Oh man, that's one of the hardest things to do. That's one of the hardest things to do to be quiet before your mind is racing, racing, racing. When I first started doing that, because God, I kept getting this prophetic word to rest, rest, rest. And I, you know, we're not going into the believer's rest right now. I don't believe it has to do with just being quiet. It's a lot bigger than that. But I was just, in my prayer life, shouting, talking. I was the exuberant guy that never just was quiet ever. And so mm-hmm. the Lord began to quiet me. And man, my first week or two, just being quiet in prayer, I put on worship music. No one was around. I'd lay down. I would just be quiet in his presence. So I love this. And I, I, I would make a practice of this. So I go on things like silent retreats. There's a great uh, organization. We actually uh, sent them out called Kala Ministries. You can check them out. Uh, K-A-L-L-A-H. Uh, Kala Culture. Uh, and anyway, they they do silent retreats. And my, they, uh, I go on these silent retreats, these 48 hours of silence. Uh, I do that. And we I do it multiple times a year. 
And we encourage our church members to do that. A lady in our church, we send her out to do that. It's just facilitated silence before the Lord. And it's really a monastic fast. It's it's what the monks do, you know, but it's a noise break. It's a break from the noise because we don't, you're, you're talking about your own mind being so busy, but we don't even know how busy we are in general. Like just so much input all day long, even while we're sleeping, our phones are buzzing and everything like that. So you have to turn in your phone at these retreats. You're just totally unplugged and you are, it's just you and Jesus. And it takes people like usually the first day to detox just to get out of that. So, oh man, it was, it's hard. We, we don't realize how much we turn to our phones and how obsessed we are. It's addictive. But I remember, man, for the first two weeks, it wasn't enjoyable. And I was just doing it out of obedience, right. really. I would fall asleep and I have to tell myself, you know what? I fell asleep with the Lord. I'm sure I received something. Right, you know, right. I just got him, you know, but over time, it's like your, your mind, you kind of put it under and you lock in. It's like a developed discipline where you lock in, you know, and sometimes I would just lay there and I would just meditate on a scripture. I would take one scripture and I would just think about that scripture. You know, God gave us an imagination. The Bible talks about vain imaginations. You know, that is a demonic attack on the imagination. God gave us an imagination. So yeah. we could take the word and we can begin to meditate on it. But it's beautiful, man. After, after a period of time, we just being silent before God, thinking about him, meditating upon him, putting some worship music on to help like bring my mind and attention to that place. It became my favorite form of prayer. Yeah. There'd be such a weight of God's presence. I began to see pictures. You know, I began to just get a, a keener um, discernment of the voice of God in my life. And it became my favorite form of prayer. And I, you know, I still speak the word. Yeah. I still worship and praise him and all of that. But contemplative prayer, my God, it's, it's receiving mode. And there's a scripture, I haven't read it in a little while, but it says, oh, you kings come before the Lord. It's in Isaiah, yeah. come and be quiet. And then you will go forth from that place with the very word of the Lord. And so I found that the developing an inner stillness yeah. and it's done in the secret. And then you could also bring that out in your day when you're walking around doing life. If you've learned to tap into that inner stillness, it becomes easier to hear the voice of God, not just for yourself, but for people around you. So and so it's just pushing out the clutter by filling your mind with the word of God and allowing your heart to commune with him throughout the day. And it's, it's, it will take a little bit of work in the beginning yeah. because of how we've, you know, how, how our lives are, right. but it's beautiful. No, it's so true. And it's, it, this is one of those religious norms. Like it's normal for us to depend on others to bring us into something with God. It's normal in, in Christianity to depend on the pastor or the worship team or our favorite worship song or the radio or, or an inspirational word from someone like you or me or whatever, like we're so dependent on others. That's a religious norm. And God is like, I have done this so personally and I am in you so closely. I want to know you face to face, one-on-one. -on -one. We need to learn that. That's going to break us out of religiosity. Um, and it's, I, I was talking to one of our campus pastors here and I said to him just recently, I showed him my Bibles and I just said, listen, dude, I can impart to you wisdom. I can impart to you strategy systems. I can help you in so many ways. But one thing I cannot give you is my history with God. That's I cannot give you my history with the Lord. The amount of times I've read the word, the amount of times I've sat with him, the amount of hours I've spent. And again, none of that was to get something from the Lord. It was actually just the privilege of being known by God and knowing God and being in that place, that secret place. You cannot impart that to someone. I cannot impart my history with God to you. It's impossible. So we need to break out of that religiosity too. I would call that religiosity. I would say you thinking the pastor is going to be your fast track to Jesus is a mistake. 
Like you should bless your pastor and listen to your pastor and, and receive the teaching for sure. I'm not saying rebel from the local church. I think that's dangerous. Yeah. I think you're actually in danger. Yeah. If you're not a part of the of local body. I think you are endangered. Okay. The reason uh, the shepherd could leave the 99 to find the one is because the 99 were together. If the 99 scattered, he's got to go get you too. Cause you're in danger. So get back in the local church. I'm not saying disregard it. I am saying, that it cannot be your access point to Jesus. It has to supplement, not supply, your relationship with Jesus. And our relationship it, has to be that one-on-one. Immersed in his glory, getting into the presence, the intimate knowing of his love for you is... One mediator. One mediator between God and man. The man Christ, Christ Jesus. Jesus. That's right. He is our access. Free access to oh, God. God. And man, like... He is the best teacher. He's the best counselor. He's the best comforter. He's the best encourager. He's the best intercessor. He's the best, all of that. And so if you develop that personal, intimate relationship with him by spending time with him, it's amazing because it does uh, one more lie that I'll just say real quick and not expound a ton on is just the sacred and the secular. Mm -hmm. We feel like going to church is sacred. That's where, that's where you meet God. I'm home having my devotional time. That's spiritual, but working, my wife and kids, you know, friendships, volleyball, golf, tennis, whatever, hobbies, podcasting, whatever it may be, that is like something separate that is secular, not sacred. And so God, we don't invite God into that space. And so, but the beautiful thing is, is when we develop that personal intimate relationship with him by dedicating that time to personal intimacy with God, we're in the word or, you know, drinking from him in private, then we're able to say, you know what? God doesn't just want that time. He wants to enjoy what I enjoy with yes. me. He want, if I enjoy basketball and I enjoy this, I need to see Jesus in my wife and my kids, see Jesus in my friends and my family. We could be talking about the Lord. We could be doing something together, laughing, having fun. God created us for that as well. Yes. And so, but it's so important to develop a knowledge of his voice and presence in the secret place by dedicating yourself to personal intimacy. And then it grows out into your life. And you're able to experience it in anything that you do, not just the seemingly spiritual. That's thing. such a great point, man. And I love that breaking out of the secular sacred mm-hmm. divide and letting that fall apart. For me, I wakeboard, you know, and I, I love wakeboarding yeah. and I go out there and I wakeboard with Jesus. Cause when you're on a wakeboard, you're out there in the cable park, everybody else is at the dock. You're not talking to anybody else. I'm out there doing backflips and stuff talking to Jesus. It's like, it's my water walking time with Jesus. He's walking on the water. I'm riding on the water. And I'm like, I'm silly about it sometimes because it's just, it's joy for me. I'm like, I'll do a cool trick. I'm like, do you see that Jesus? Like, no joke. I will do that. I'm like doing it with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And he loves it. I love to watch my kids play and they don't know I'm watching them. My favorite is when they don't know I'm watching them. They're not doing anything for me. They're not cleaning their toys. They're just playing and it brings me so much joy as a father and we're talking about our heavenly father who is perfect yeah so man michael this was so good bro i'm so thankful for you i want to come back around real quick to your resources Mm -hmm. everyone needs to know about this book immersed in his glory uh some of the people that endorsed it i mean people endorse your podcast and come on your podcast like you've had some i don't i don't want to get them wrong i've seen the pictures in my head but just no yeah I love a podcast has been a tremendous outlet for me. It's I know it's what the Lord's called me to do. I started doing it maybe, wow, five, six years ago now, but it's on the Charisma Podcast yeah. Network. It's called Awaken Podcast. I would recommend people to go to that just because there's over 200 episodes now, so hundreds of free content. 
And it's not just interviews. Like I have different teaching series. I did a teaching series on first love. I did one on the fear of the Lord. What is the fear of the Lord? Dependency on Come God, on. surrender, identity, righteousness, how to be free from sin, walk free from sin. And so we've got a lot of different teaching series on there as well as, um, as well as, you know, interviews with, I had Heidi Baker yeah. on, Chris Valentin, Chris, yeah. John Bevere, you know, Brooke Ledgerwood, Taya, a lot of awesome people. Huge. But that, my, my desire, Ephesians 5.14, awake, awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. The Lord is awakening his bride to the beauty of who he is, to the power of what he's accomplished, to our identity in Christ, the tools that we have yeah. as servants of God, as ministers of the gospel, as king and priest in the earth to make a difference you know, right now uh, to destroy the works of the enemy. And so anyway, that's the passion behind the podcast. I would just recommend if people want to hear more, yeah. definitely, you know, the podcast is free and they can listen to it. Anyway. I love it. And they can find all of that at lifeportoutintl.org, correct? Mm -hmm. So yeah, get, yes, get the podcast, 200 episodes, just binge that thing. You know I mean? Replace your Netflix time <laughs> with Michael time. It's a good idea. You know, just get on there. And like I said, Michael, I'm so thankful for you to be here grateful for you we had this whole hour together so grateful for your time and oh i love hanging out with you man it's always fun bro. i love just chopping up the gospel with you man and talking about the lord it's, it's so refreshing good. man it's so good so everybody yeah. go and get michael's resources and bless him and yeah just wanna i'll just say goodbye to you michael and then i'll say goodbye to a few other people but um, thank you so much bro for having me and bless everybody who's watching this listening to this my god love you guys thank you would you pray me. just quickly for anyone who's struggling oh, yeah. with like these religious things like they're just being bound by religion that you would just break that off and we'll come into agreement come into agreement in the comments as michael prays as well yeah lord we just thank you jesus we thank you jesus we thank you that you are Emmanuel, God with us, and that you are Christ in us, the hope of glory. And so, Lord, anyone that has baggage right now, offenses, lies that they're believing, shame, self-condemnation, you're beating yourself up. The Lord told me one time, take the, take the boxing gloves off. Stop beating yourself up because you're weakening yourself. And when you weaken yourself, you're more inclined to sin and to not be who I created you to be. And so in Jesus' name, we just release self-condemnation. We release shame right now. And I just thank you, Heavenly Father. If there's any lies we all are believing lies to some degree or another. I pray that you would just touch it right now, Father. Illuminate to the to the listener, to those who are watching, what lie they're coming to agree with, agreement with right now. And Lord, just supplement it with your truth, God. I want to declare right now that you are the righteousness of God in Christ, that you are holy and blameless because of his blood that he is with you always. He never turns his back on you. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He is always with you. He loves you and he surrounds you and he dances over you. He sings over you with joy. His banner over your life is love. And so I just bless you with that in Jesus' name. And I just thank you, Heavenly Father, for grounding them in the gospel that you are their foundation. You are their foundation, God. And I just bless that right now. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Caleb Hires podcast today. I want to help you win the war for love. So go to calebhires.com, sign up for my newsletter, and check out all the amazing resources available there. I'll see you soon.